Yes, and Windward, as you are attempting to be distracting and or to get Windward to be quiet, you see out of the corner of your eye these two shadowy figures. They don't look entirely there. Step out and come rushing towards you. Can I get an act under pressure roll? Or is wait, Keep that's cool not a thing. This one. What are you gonna do? Can Hess release the fireball she's been kind of gathering in her hands? Sure. You are welcome to do that in this wooden house. Well when you put it that way. <laughs> no no, fireball. <laughs> also putting it that way because Hess is smart. Yeah, no, I think Hess would, like, instinctively start, like, it, con- like, the ball conjures and starts to grow bigger, like, to a soccer ball size, and she's about ready to, you know, volleyball spike, and then realizes, ah, wood, and then, like, douses it and switches to water, and so I think her reaction is, like, conjuring a volleyball-sized water sphere to throw at these things. Alrighty, then. I guess roll to let it out. We let it out, choose an ability from your playbook, and roll with spirit. So the spell is elementalism. You conjure the elements to strike out your enemies. Spend one hold, which I had three from last session, so this bring me down to one. Your hold lasts until you, until you spend it or the scene ends. You can spend it to cast any spell you have as per the spell's detail. That scene technically ended, though. Okay. So this would be more of a, this would be rolling to let it out. To let it out would be to deflect or redirect oncoming blows, perform a feat of telekinetic strength and precision, detect the presence and function of magical items or spells, or reshape the essence or nature of an exposed object or magical spell. Technically, uh, because she was channeling fire, it would be reshaped then, because... You didn't roll the channel, though. Oh, that's a good point. I just flavor text it. Uh, do we want to do that retroactively, or? Yeah, retroactive roll. Yeah, I can retroactively roll to see what I have for this scene. Nine, so choose three and choose one from the following below. Take minus one on going until you rest. Suffer one. I'll just take one harm. Okay. Not quite brave enough to do corruption just yet. <laughs> Oh, but it's a short campaign. Come on. <laughs> Gotta speedrun this shit. If we're speedrunning, then I'll just do the corruption, so. It is totally up to you. Yeah, I'll just do um, corruption, then that's fine. And that was as you started gaining the power, and now you are about to just water blast these two, we- these two weird shadow things. You know, yeah, you have three. Again. Yeah, I have three. I spent one, so now I'm back at two. <laughs> and you rolled a nine. Yeah, and then there was a turn to violence. You got a nine for Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So make success, I think that's what it is. Yep. Yeah. On a hit, you inflict harm as established, and your opposition chooses one. They inflict harm on you, they put you in a bad spot, or they create an opening to flee. I'll say you are able to hit one of them, and it does damage. Yeah, so if I'm reading this right, 
Since it's not a close area, if I'm only hitting one, then it'd be three harm close. So. Or wait, three harm or two harm close area. Whatever you pick, I think. You blast most of one of the shadows away, but it still manages to slam into you and you get knocked back onto the ground. You take one harm. Cool. So not too bad, but that was a deeply uncomfortable experience. And Windward, what do you do as the other one approaches you? These are happening at the same time, these reactions. I am going to... And tell me if this is really abusing the rules in a way you don't like, but I'm going to... This ghost is not going to take... Is not going to take bullets. So as I am shooting this gun that I have, as I pull out and start shooting this gun, I'm not really aiming for the ghost itself. Basically, I am just trying to be loud and distracting in order to mislead, distract, or trick it into, you know, again, focusing over on, on me and then hopefully somebody who's actually martially competent can do something. I said go for it. Roll to mislead, distract, or trick. As you're trying, you're trying to convince it that you're a bigger threat, right? Basically. I'm actually, I am trying to convince it that I am a panicky shot and an easy target. Yeah. Okay. Is what I'm trying to do. And I've just rolled a 14. So, oh, no, sorry. Okay. A 13. Excuse me. <laughs> Windward looks just visibly, they manage to get a little bit of a tremble into their hand as they start pulling the trigger and put some bullets down range. I would love to have the attention of at least one of these two uh, these two ghosts as Windward is, is rapidly backpedaling, trying to get within line of sight of the basement door. Okay. You had just come in the front door. Maybe you're trying to, like, run... Maybe you're trying to run past them instead. Just trying to, to draw them into... Because I know... I, I suspect that Millie is, if anywhere, in the basement and uh, having a... Mm-hmm. I want to get, basically the ghost to be following me so that when hopefully somebody comes up to the basement from the basement to help they are in a good position to do that this would be oh hey I get to pick three of these create an opportunity expose a weakness or flaw confuse them for some time and avoid future further entanglement okay so what I would like to do is basically to create the opportunity for whoever gets to attack next, or for somebody to attack from relative safety next, and then not be in direct harm myself, so avoid further entanglement. Okay. Actually, no. On the contrary, I do want to be further entangled. I want this person to... I want them to be coming at me, so... (laughs) I uh, saw those eyebrows, ma'am. I got... (laughs) I have another step there, but... Would it be possible to understand a little bit more about them, like a weakness or a flaw in their strategy as I am shooting at them? So as you do this, I think you also see the impact, like as Hess attacks, you see the impact it has. Do you think these might be like slivers of magic or like spells left behind? These aren't full separate entities. It's just like, Basically, someone left behind like magical bodyguards. So these are these are closer to feedback than. Yeah. So, 
they can't do a lot of damage, but whoever left them here is gonna know. Okay. So yes, there's an opportunity for somebody to attack from safety. We know that they are essentially this magical echo, and... You can confuse them into thinking that this is just random wildlife. <laughs> that there's no reason to really for whoever let them to be concerned. Sure. Yeah. Let's go with that. They aren't. They are unconcerned. Here's bored teenagers. Not a threat. They're unconcerned about these these people coming in with guns and a big water ball. <laughs> All right. So Billy, you hear movement. You hear gunshots. You hear this what sounds kind of like a massive water balloon hitting something. And it's it's just Body at the top thud. at the stairs. So what do you do? The water balloon has definitely thrown her, but she's not really hesitating too much. I think she absolutely runs up the stairs, throws open the door, and takes in the scene as fast as possible. Has just prone on the ground, like trying to push this thing off of her. <laughs> No, it's it's pretty much shadow. The rest of it dissipated after it smacked into you. Oh, so it's gone now? So I'm just on the ground like, uh. <laughs> yeah. It's like the... In your brain, it's the equivalent of like walking through a spider web, but whereas there's just... It, it's like... It's like a ghost passing through you, except it's... That doesn't belong here. That doesn't belong here. And that is very bad for the realm traveler. She is just like on the floor, just twitching like, oh God. <laughs> Hess is having a time on the floor. Winward is pointing his gun at a shadowy thing that doesn't, look, it, it looks like it's supposed to kind of resemble a humanoid shape, except for it doesn't. So I think Millie would, uh, taking all of this in, I have a let it out move called assert your dominance and I feel like that would be very good with these shadowy things is just to be like big scary like fangs out cat hissing puffing herself up to look like an apex predator so I think that's probably what Billy's move is yeah so roll this here I always kind of picture vampires like their fangs aren't always out but some of those they can make them come out mm-hmm. oh the true blood I'm picturing very much that. Could I possibly assist on this by basically, like, as Millie Millie hits the top of the stairs, the ghost thing is menacing Windward. Windward sees Millie and just, like, eyes go absolutely wide as they are playing up the terror of what's about to happen to throw that into an assist. Go for it. Go for it. To roll with spirit, which is my negative one, so that's gonna be very good. Don't worry, you get a plus one on it. Oh, good. So that just that just will even out nicely. So that is an eleven. Oh, good job, right. team. Which is great. on a ten plus. Ignore the corruption or the complications. Your choice. Um, I will not be getting corruption. Thank you. Complications are fun. I think the complications for this one specifically is that PCs have to roll to keep their cool, is what this move says. Cool. That makes sense. Sorry, I'm scary. We're rolling. Are we? What? Are we rolling against your circle? Just roll. Uh, roll to keep your cool. Roll with spirit. Roll with spirit. Oh, I'm good at spirit. Yay. So you're not taking the corruption. You're not avoiding the 
complication. That's. I'm not taking the corruption. The complication is that you guys have to roll to keep. Uh, seven. Five. Sorry, I'm scary. <laughs> you know, this makes sense narratively for her. On a seven to ten, the MC tells you the cost, pay it, and you're a good. What would a good cost for this to abuse? Anyone have ideas? Does Windward have any bamfing powers? Well, I mean, the cost obviously is that uh, we get one of those Lady Damascu moments, and all of a sudden that's the only thing anybody ever talks about in the entire lead up to season two <laughs> launching. It's like, hey, hey, big scary lady, except it's little scary lady in this case. So Lots of fan art. Completely misses the point of who the character ends up being, but that's just the whole thing gets taken over. It's very complicated, but. Joke's on you, that's the point of this character. What was the text for the the move, for what the complication is supposed to be? So it was roll to keep your cool, keep your cool triggers when your character's focus and willpower are needed to accomplish an important goal or avoid serious danger on a 7 to 9. The MC tells you a cost, pay it, and you're good to go. Maybe it can be, like, an additional debt to me because I my feelings are very hurt by how scared you are of me. I was going to say that works, or you accidentally take a shot at her out of reflex. Also valid. I was going to say drop the gun. Like, oh shit, that's scarier than I was expecting it to be, and, and drop the gun for the rest of the scene, or until, like, I take an action to pick it up. Yeah, you drop the gun... And I'm going to say, like, it, it kind of slides across the floor and you can hear, like, clunking down the stairs. And Millie definitely saw that. And for Hess... Hess is just having a bad day, y'all. I feel like, Hess, you you freak out because maybe at first you don't immediately realize that this is Millie. You're just like, oh shit, there's a monster. And you just start backpedaling and you bolt. You don't have to bolt very far, but you are getting out of the house where the big scary monster just came out of the basement. Yeah, I can see that, like, she hit the back of her head, and her, she's, she's, like, shivering, and, like, ow, ow, oh my fucking god! And just starts, like, backpedaling, knocking over furniture, trying to get to the door as quick as possible. Yeah, eventually you will realize, hey, wait, I recognize that spider, but at the moment, scary. Run away, the flight instinct is kicking in hard. Well, you've asserted dominance. Congratulations. Thank you. The good news, though, is that low-status NPCs flee. Yeah, the shadow just vanishes. You don't know where to. It's just gone. And now you no longer have a feeling that there's something else there watching you, aside from when we're... I think you can still kind of sense the bear. But you can tell it's, it's just the bear. Everything else is gone. Bear's chill. The bear's yeah. fine. And I think Millie watches them flee and then just kind of drops the scariness and is like, I think I found something in the cellar and just heads back down and kind of leaves them to figure themselves out. I think Hess like has backpedaled and falls off the porch in her backpedaling and then that kind of is the shock she needs. Oh wait, that's Millie. Millie friend. And kind of looks over and sees the bear. You can't see it. It just made itself oh, visible to it. Windmer. Actually, no, just roll plus mind. See if you can see it. Okay. Nine. You do see a little spirit bear that's watching. It's just this tiny little bear. It's it's at this point just sitting down. 
watching at like the edge of the clearing. It's still in the woods. It's about where the magic switched into the weird. Blinks. Looks at it. It cocks its head at you. Just awkward waves. Hi, I'm gonna... Just gets up, dusts herself off, and at this point, since it's a new scene, her ears have gone, like, full elven, and, like, there is a little two wolf tails kind of sticking out behind her that are, like, kind of tipped with almost an iridescent fire, and she's like, I'm gonna... and just, like, starts walking back in. The, the bear lifts one of its little paws and waves. Uh, looks at Winward. Uh, do you have my gun still, Winward? Winward is looking at the is looking at the door to the basement, has one hand on their chest, and is like flushed a little bit, and is just like looking for a long time. Looks over and is like, oh, uh, the gun, yes, obviously. Millie found something in the basement. Right this way. It is the divining rod, I'm assuming, at this point fizzling out because it's pointing towards the basement. <laughs> it's gone at this point, but you do remember it's pointing forwards and kind of in, like in a bit of a downward angle. Plus also this cabin's not that big. But so we pan back to Millie as everyone is getting their shit together after having it scared out of them. Millie, you go to investigate the strange thing in the corner and it's this older looking gentleman. He's unconscious. He's still breathing. It looks like he's asleep, but if you, as you kind of roll him over and maybe try and rouse him, he doesn't really respond. Doesn't look overly harmed. If there's anything you want to do, if you want to, like, roll plus mine to, like, check vitals or something. Or if you have any moves. Yeah, I was checking to see if I have anything relevant to this, but I don't think I do. So, yeah, just a plus mind to check and see if I can see any way I can immediately help this person. You're good at determining what kind of unconscious people are. Great. That's not creepy at it's all. It's just like that moment of the moment of did I like eat too much? Or... It takes practice. Uh, that's a seven and eight. You carefully like open his eyes. Doesn't look like he's been drugged at all. It doesn't appear to be asleep. It's just he's well. It's almost like he's asleep, but it's something more than that. Not naturally asleep. Yeah, the other two come down and Wimmer, you recognize this is Hawk. Yeah, hits the bottom of the stairs, says, Oh, Hawk! And runs over. Is he... he's he's unconscious. Is this... how is he doing? Well, he's breathing, and he doesn't seem to be drugged. A good start. But he's also not... not waking up. Like, his heart beats. Got a rhythmic, strong pulse. Stable, but... Definitely not sleeping. Okay, well, that's certainly good news. <laughs> Winward is going to uh, check Hawk's pockets. Are you looking for the box of buttons? Of course I'm looking for the box of buttons. This is my box of buttons. I need that back. There might be something useful in there. Would you like to look around the room as well? I mean, I would hope that he's keeping it on him. It's a very important box of buttons. How big is this box, though? Is Is it, like... Is it, like, a little small box? Or is it, like, a shoe box? How big is this box? Yeah, like, cigar, dice, what are we... Or is it one of those boxes that it's as big as it needs to be? <laughs> if that's an option, then that's that's the thing. Uh, that sounds like the kind of weird thing Winward would have. 
Yeah, it, I think it's it's the sort of it is a, of a size that you could keep it in the back pocket of a pair of jeans. It would be a little bit be a little big. So it's like think DS like Nintendo DS sized, and then a little thicker. To clarify, you mean masculine jeans because there's no way a DS yes. is sitting in a woman's thing. <laughs> this is Sorry, fair. go on that rant. But... Yeah, no, no, <laughs> you're no wrong. I feel that. What's really great is when the pockets aren't actual pockets. Yeah, I've got... This is why it's the back pocket specifically. The couple of pairs of of shorts that I have that don't have functional front pockets, the back pockets are still pretty alright. And it will, like, it'll it'll fit, but... You don't want to sit on it. No, no, you want to pull it out, but you don't have to have it in your hand all the time, so that's good. Yeah, valid. Fair. Is my box of buttons in his in his pockets? Odds or evens? Evens. It is not. Hmm. Okay. Then I think Windward would start getting him stood up, find people for support to start getting him out of here. Right? Like, at the very least, we need to get him upstairs. There's comfortable furniture to put him on. Can Hess do one of her let it out moves to see if he's under any sort of, well, I don't know if it would work like this, but detect the presence or function of magical items or spells. So can I see if he's under a spell of some sort? Sure. All the let it out. Cool. These dice have been kind of liking me so far. Plus spirit, that bumps me up to seven, so I take another corruption. Hooray! So I think before Wind goes to move him, she's like, hang on, let me just, and very gently, she like places her hands like on either side of his temples, and just that like wispy purple galaxy energy starts flowing, and just kind of covers him like a blanket, and she's just like running a scan, for lack of a better word. So as you scan, it seems like less of he is under some sort of sleep spell and maybe more of it kind of feels like something might have taken his soul out and put it somewhere else so the body's still fine but there's something of him that's missing so I think as this is happening like one hand sort of I love the looks I'm getting from that right now yeah everybody's like hang on Fence processing. I think one hand like switches from his temple and just drifts down to where his heart is, and that spot like glows, but it glows like a not a red, but more like a dark purple, almost black. She's like, oh, that's that's not good. That's not good. Just very not good. Um, so he's not asleep or under any sleep spells. Is the good news? That is good news. Yes. Excellent news, in fact. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, however, I didn't. The- I mean, theoretically, I read this was possible, but so, do you know that souls are attached to us and they can just be pulled out if the magic is strong enough? I'm familiar. Yes. Oh, good. Big so- casual familiarity. <laughs> also, Millie, you probably know at least one vampire that when they feed, they also eat souls. So, that's a thing. It wasn't me, I promise. So, um, Mr. Hawk is 
his soul got put into a container. I don't know what kind of container or where the container is, but I don't think he's going to wake up until we find the container. And I'm assuming they took it with him. Them. Hmm. Her, him, them, whoever this thing is. Well, that's not too bad then. We can at least make him comfortable. <laughs> yeah. We have a very different definition of bad. I would say this too is not ideal, but at least he's not dead. No, I mean you're going to have to set him up in some sort of care facility so he doesn't, you know, dehydrate and expire. But uh, you know, he's not dead. That is a good. Yeah, we can we can set him up in the back room over a junk drawer that'll be fine. Um, I'm sure some of the folks from Nuke City will be able to take care of him once we roll our way. And I will say, Hess, you caught wisps of like it looked like someone. Like, magic had been cast to keep him in a sort of stasis a little bit, to, like, keep his body intact. Oh, okay, so he's, they don't, we don't need to, got it. That was wearing off, but it's like someone put something on there to keep his body, like, the way that it is, but that's starting to fade away and wear off. It could have been one of those things, it's a way too obscure time of death or something like that. No, she's kind of, she raises an eyebrow when she catches that, like, I'm, thinking it kind of glows like this bluish green as it's fading off. Okay, so the stasis spell wasn't meant to last. It was meant to keep... So, what, he was bait for us that? If so, then how did they know we would we would be coming? We should probably go. The more I think on this. That sounds like a good plan. Millie has another let-it-out move where she can perform a feat of a fantastic feat of vampiric strength or agility. So I would love very much to throw Hawk over one of my shoulders so that I can carry him one arm. And his arms are just dangling <laughs> on the ground. He's so big and I'm so Go small and it's very fun. Maybe more of like a fireman's carry so he's across her shoulders, but still with the free hands so she can have a gun. Roll for it. Yeah. And that's let it out so it is with spirit again. That's a whole six. Can I assist, like, getting him on her? Yeah, uh, you could roll the lend a hand. Okay. And that would be with blood, right? If it's physical? Well, you lend a hand or get in the way after a PC has rolled, roll with their circle. So, yeah. So you roll with her circle. So, I am knight. Knight? Okay. Just, just a straight roll. Seven? On a hit, give a plus one to the roll, so that makes it a success. On a seven nine, you expose yourself to danger, entanglement, or cost. Uh, I'm sure there's probably a judgmental look, because she ran away earlier, and she feels really bad and is going to need to make it up to Millie, so I'll count that as another debt. <laughs> yeah. Works for me. She just kind of adjusts Hawk, looks down as she realizes that Millie is like, I, I am so, I'm gonna go, I'm so, I'm gonna go check to make sure nothing's at the door, and like, runs away ashamed, <laughs> and make sure, you know, the way is clear. I mean, seeing your friend come out of the basement go full vampire is a little startling. You know, I just think narratively the dice have understood the assignment for Hess, because she learned a friend died. She's struggling with her fact that her magic found Hawk. <laughs> And it hasn't worked on other stuff. <laughs> and ghost monsters. Aside from the basement, there's 
a bedroom, a living area, a kitchen, and a bathroom in this cabin if you would, if anyone wants to investigate, see if there's anything else, because I know Wynn is still looking for yeah. his box of buttons. Yeah, looking for those buttons. Yeah, I think when she runs back upstairs, she kind of realizes, I should look around and see if there's any clues before, and, you know, because she has a feeling it's probably going to take Millie and Wynn a few minutes to get up. <laughs> in that case, it will be study of place of power, and I will let whoever rolls the highest be the one that rolls. So, uh, roll with the circle that controls that he's mortalis. Whoever has the highest mortalis. They get a zero in mortalis. And then the other can assist. I have a zero. Oh, I have a one, so I guess that's me. Well, in that case, you can both roll. Well, Millie has a one, so would I just lend the assist then, since I have a zero? Millie, are you also investigating what else is upstairs? Well, I think I'm carrying a man upstairs, so maybe I'm not so good at investigating. That's a good point, so I guess I'm rolling. <laughs> yeah, that's probably yeah. the best. Or it... Finn and Zed, you can both roll if you want, because I feel like you're both looking for different things. Okay, I got an eight, so it makes success. I got a seven. So, Lenord, as you're poking around, you do find your box of buttons. Oh, thank God. Hesser! Amazing. Hesser. And, Hesser, as you're poking around, like, like you check the bedroom first, nothing in there, check some other areas, and as you're checking the living room, you see Darren on the couch in almost the exact same state as Hawk. Oh, Darren. She'll kind of kneel down next to him and then just... Since she knows what to look for with Hawk, she'll perform the same move, but not look for any sleep magic. She's just going to see if his soul was taken, so let it out again. Yeah. I will say, he is still breathing. You're able to tell he's got a good steady pulse. I got a five, so I fail. So I can't tell. I think she's just at this point super shaken up and just is looking at him really sad. As you're doing this, you see if something in your magic, like, it's like it skips and goes wrong, and for a split second, you feel like there's someone else in your head. And then it goes away. Mm, that's... Okay, no good. Really no good. Um, fuck. Uh, she just looks at Darren and is like, what the fuck did you do to And when we're, you're, like, in the kitchen with your box of buttons... Yeah, it just walks up the stairs, has the top open, and is, is sorting through it. Just, you know, checking out some old favorites. I think actually goes into the living room and sees Darren on the couch. Or sees, uh, I don't know if, if I know Darren necessarily, but... You've probably, like, seen him in passing, because sometimes he comes to visit right. Hawk, so, like, you may not know him on a personal level, but, like, you, you recognize him. Right, and that's the second missing person that's been... Mm-hmm. What's Hess's, like condition at the moment. Would you like to roll to figure someone out? I would say Hess isn't hiding anything because she thinks she's alone at this point. So I don't know if that would count as like an automatic critical success at this point or how we'd... Oh, I was just going to ask. I was going to use my words like an adult. Oh. Well, (laughs) alright then. That works too. (laughs) Fine. Be an adult. Has is everything, I don't want to say okay, but given the circumstances. Today is a fucking shitty day. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah, Um, I'd say so. We've found another one, I see. 
this is Darren. So the fact that we found two of the is it four or three missing? I can't remember. Four. Four total. A hawk said he was going fishing and never came back. And then at some point, Darren said, hey, I think I know where he went. I'm going to go check on him, see if he's okay. So that's how Darren also ended up unconscious at the cabin. You aren't entirely sure where, um, you thought maybe Roz would have ended up here since she knew them, but she's not here and you have no idea where Bart is. Yeah, I don't Roz and Bart are still missing, and then there's the other... It is just a very, mm-hmm. very shitty day. Yes, I would say so. Millie makes it up the stairs and, like, looks into the living room and sees everybody hanging out around another person on the couch, and she just heaves a very deep sigh and is like, All right, add him to the load, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, we should... We should get out of here. There's, I don't know what's going on with magic here. I don't like it. And she's not even thinking at this point. She's just rambling. It's like, in other realms, magic is different. Yes, but it's not like this. And this is bad. And I don't know why this realm shouldn't have this magical problem, but it does. And I don't understand why. And it's bothering. And she realizes what she said. And she looks at you all like, oh, shit. <laughs> this will be a conversation for the ride home. That said, perhaps... This young man is the reason that the stasis was on in the first place. Maybe he wasn't bait for us. He was bait for him. Because we had no reason to be involved in this at all until this morning. Or earlier today. It's morning when I wake up. Two hours ago, maybe? Right. It was nighttime. That's when I woke up. It's morning for me. She just shakes her head. I don't... I mean, possible. He is a wizard. I mean, I don't know. This is right. We just need to get out of here. And she'll, like, move to pick him up and, like, gently get him on. Like, look at Millie. Like, how do you want... (laughs) Just one on each shoulder? (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's sort of what we're doing. Actually, here. And I think she's going to take her gun and pass it off to Windward so that you're both, once again, armed with weapons so that she can carry the two unconscious people. I picked up the gun... Incidentally, I did pick up that gun, and uh, I'm glad that you've got two dudes, and I get to watch you carry two dudes. <laughs> and look great doing it. Thank you. Strong lady, strong. <laughs> I won't make you roll again, because you've already got one, and you're Thank a little you. better braced to this time. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'll just, I can assume that Hess will help to, like, balance, maybe. <laughs> That seems fair. Also, I love the idea of having to load these into Windward's trunk. I mean, <laughs> there's the back seat. We could just weekend at Bernie's in yeah, and they're, like, leaning yeah. on each other. <laughs> I'm just like, that's gonna look like the sketchiest thing ever. Y'all coming out of the woods with Well, we're coming out of the woods with bodies. That's different than going into the woods with bodies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this makes us heroes. Hey, yeah. And besides, these ones are breathing. <laughs> We'll just have to stop off and grab a bottle of whiskey and tell everybody that they're drunk. It'll be fine. Hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised there isn't some sitting around. This is Yeah, can I say, can I look in the kitchen to see if there's, like, booze so we can, like, douse them? <laughs> it's Hawk's cabin. You open the fridge and there's lots of beer. Okay, just with the flick of her wrist, she pops the caps off and just like, uh, sorry, Millie. 
and just like kind of starts pouring it on them. <laughs> I'm so glad we're making the unconscious people more flammable. This seems sane and solid. <laughs> oh, come on. It's... <laughs> it's a light beer. It's... What sort of beer would Hawk drink? He would drink like... I think like Bud Light. Yeah, he would drink shit beer. Probably. Uh, is kind of what it comes down to. Budweiser, there we go. That's what I was thinking of. Mostly water is what you're telling me. Yeah, no, of course. This is the beer that Hawks drink, Hawk drinks never gets too high above five percent. It's not go, it's not flammable. I wouldn't worry. Mm. Does smell badly though. The smell is, however, beer. It's it's beer is what it smells like. Thank you for that. Hess. Now Millie smells like beer too. Yes, I love that. I'm going to be showing up to my theater where someone died. Reeking of alcohol. Um, this is great. She kind of takes a look at Millie. My place is on the way. You cat's clothes could fit. You could change there is what I'm saying. If you wanted as a shower. I'm just going to... And I would suggest that we discuss our next plans as we walk, as this bends are heavy. Thank you. <laughs> Good idea. So you start the walk back through the woods when you can still feel the bears following you but aside from that it doesn't feel like anything else is paying particular mind to you that's good at least and also I feel like as you walk away you notice the intensity of that magic echo left behind is starting to fade already now that those two little wisps left were gone okay I think Hess makes a note and she pulls out her phone and she texts her mentor, whose name I can't remember and I would look it up but asks, like, you know, hey how does one go about scheduling a purification ritual for an area? (laughs) Question mark. It's ten o'clock at night you might not get a response back immediately they're busy. Or asleep. Actually, at this point it's probably getting closer to eleven o'clock. Yeah, no, her mentor's, like, level three, so she's not expecting an exact reply yet, so she was just, like, a things to trail off and to do in the future. Yeah. So I think the next thing to decide is what are we doing with these soulless men, and where shall we put them? Put them in Congress? Pess shakes her head and is like, ah, sorry, that was out of line. I mean put them in if we're going I don't know no I've I've seen the spreadsheets it was a very appropriate accounting of the sorts of people who wind up in elective in elected office the um the bidding wars are intense let me tell you it's been that way since the beginning sort of a holdover from the old aristocracy a real bloodbath amongst my particular community looking for souls listen the soul equity is a hot commodity there's a big crash they had done like sort of uh, securities uh, bundling of uh, middle managers back in the uh, the mid 2000s and then the market crash it was bad a bunch of demon demons got eight because they couldn't come through delicious as just nods <laughs> out of character would it be better for well I think the shop is warded. The shop is safer. Yeah, I was gonna say Hess's place is normal warded, not like probably windward standards of warding all the shit. 
I got a, I got a murder rabbit, so. Apparently certain things can still get into the theater, even though it's pretty heavily hoarded as well. Yeah. I propose that we should get them back to Junk Drawer, and I think that might be the safest place for them. The back room does connect over to Nuke City. We can pull the curtain and uh, tell Queenie's pretty cool about staying out of our side of things when I ask her to, which is nice. And, But it might be a good place to keep them for now. Does Wimmerd have a back door to get into the store? Yes. And now you have the button for it. I you do. You have the button back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yay. Like a freight elevator. Yeah, when they get back to the car, you know, and they've got the two the two guys sitting up in the back seat, when Word actually reaches into sort of the, the overhead, where there's a, on the rear view mirror, you see that one of the buttons is missing, and there's like three garage door buttons, and the middle one is missing, and uh, when Word reaches into the box of buttons and pulls that one out and locks it back in place, it's like, finally, it's been, I've had to get out and use the code like manually type it in like some sort of barbarian it's been well at least one thing has worked out for the right tonight I was going to say if you okay with making a brief stop at my place I can get Millie some clothes that will probably fit and don't smell like cheap American swill I mean I think I'd be very appreciative but it's also not of super high priority think of it as a down payment on my apology oh well, in that case, I fully accept. And she cracks his little smile, like, okay, something's going right. <laughs> you have accomplished quite a lot tonight. It wasn't exactly how you hoped it would be, but now you have two questions answered. You just have several more. And two unconscious soulless men. So, really, it's a net gain. I mean, surely the- their souls have to be around here somewhere. Hess is thinking in her head, like, trying to figure out, okay, what do I need? Soul's not my area of expertise, but I'm sure I can browse around the shop for something to find a spell somewhere. Yeah. I'm sure we've got something that we can use. Yeah, I think, is there any incident as we stop off at, at Hess's place? I think when we're it's going to park somewhere that is unobtrusive and stay with the car... I think just for ease, uh, she'll be like, I'll be right back, and doesn't even get out of the car. She just does the spin of her hands and just teleports into her house. <laughs> you have a hold left to do that, so... Hess just... Pop. And she just pops out in her sanctum, which, for people who can't see, because you guys aren't there, but it's an audio narrative, it's this very cluttered office, books scattered all over... Some are magical based on different planar theories. Others are quantum physics and multiverse. There's like a huge chart that has different circles. Each one is labeled B with the number sign and then three numbers after it. Some are crossed out. Some have circles. Others have question marks. And, you know, she doesn't even kind of take a look at any of her ingredients. She leaves and she walks over. She walks past the guest bedroom, which is completely messy. looks like somebody's living in it. And goes to the very closed master bedroom door, takes a second to steal herself and open it, and it's immaculate. Like, it looks like nobody's been in there for months. And it's just, she kind of looks and gets lost in memories for a second, shakes her head, goes over to where Kat's side of the closet is, and pulls out a cream sweater with... She's trying to take Millie's 
fashion sense into mind. It's like a, a very nice cashmere cream sweater with some very nice leggings and also grabs a pair of black jeans just to be on the safe side because she's not sure, you know, Millie's preference. And then she kind of just looks sitting on the counter is, or on a nightstand is a coffee cup that just has a very faded lipstick mark. And she's like, she takes a second and she's like, I fucking miss you. Where the hell are you? And then, you know, goes out the front door, shutting the door behind her, and then walks back to the car, holding the clothes. Right, I got the clothes! Millie, you know, gets out of the car, super appreciative, but also very much a theater person, just kind of strips off and immediately changes into the fresh clothes. (laughs) Hess just, like, blushes and turns around... (laughs) Even though she's been to enough cons where this is normal, it's like, it's still every time she's like, nope, have to be polite, must turn around. <laughs> and then Millie, like, wads up the now smelly clothes and just completely gives up on them, finds the closest dumpster and chucks them in. And so as she's getting back in the car, she's like, all right, so back to the shop, I suppose. And Hess, what was it that you said about how magic works in other worlds? Uh, did I, I don't, did I, hmm. um, You did, though. And she just kind of, Hess is just, like, kind of looks at Windlord like, you're, are you in on this, too? Or are you gonna, like, let it go? <laughs> oh, Windward has their eyebrows up and are making no effort to save you. <laughs> seeing you squirm a little bit. Much to entertain. Yes. They'll let that go for a few minutes, and then just start laughing and hit the key and turn the car on and then pull into reverse and then into drive. Uh, Still laughing a little bit. I think once Hess realizes um, he's not going to save her, she's like... Oh, I was about to. I was keying up for that, though. Uh, If you don't don't mind. No, I I mean, you can. I think she'll start... So, um... I think it's like us talking at the same time, so she's like, well, okay, so, um... When you... Oh, sorry. Theoretically speaking, if you think about the place that we live in as as being layered on top of one another, or places that we live in being layered on top of one another, I'm sure that you're familiar with this. People have a tendency to not see what they want to see. In theoretical circles, these are oftentimes referred to as worlds, as it were. So you have the mundane world and then sort of the mortalis, uh, the mortal world which lies underneath that and furthermore underneath that. It's terribly dry, not nearly as exciting as you might think, but let's say that uh, it is a framework that has some detractors, some problematic elements to it, but ultimately useful. Now, of course, our dear Hess here is very young and is still stuck in her original framework, I'm sure. Over time, as you grow in your power, You'll learn ways that are more more descriptive or more precise language to use in order to communicate what it is that you're communicating as opposed to just sort of saying whatever, because that can be very dangerous when you're in our line of work. She nods very grateful at the hint, but kind of looks at them as like, there's really... And kind of looks at the unconscious people, figuring they can't say anything. But yes... Theoretically, if one were to have come across a book in someone's shop that was very old and discussed ways to get to different planes or existences and decided 
because they are a fucking idiot and didn't realize the consequences, one might discover how different magic is in other places? Question mark? Theoretically, yes, that would be a rather major journey to be going on, and quite a piece of information to have out in the world. Theoretically, that would be something that ought to be guarded, ought to be kept amongst close friends. I think Windward is directly like making eye contact with Millie at this point, through the glasses, obviously. And theoretically, were to such a book to exist, it should be kept somewhere safe. It's... Theoretically, this, this place is kept as very well ordered in his sanctum sanctorum. Theoretically. I feel like Millie is just, like, shaking her head and sighing and just, like, mumbling, like, allegedly for a friend after, like, every statement just to really add into this. Hess is, like, slowly sinking ever so lower in the seat. <laughs> feeling like she's gotten cotton by mom and dad. <laughs> Winward looks to Millie and their glasses actually slide down a little bit and you see sort of the darkness and fire that is what their eyes are as they give Millie kind of a withering look and says, what is it with children these, these days? They have no sense of subtlety. It's doing good for being stupid cold. Not everyone can be a born performer, darling. Just halves. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing your theories. Allegedly. Allegedly. For a friend. Right, and allegedly she kind of flicks the ears. These might not be cosplay. No. It might have been something that went wrong with the ritual, allegedly. <laughs> well, they work wonderfully for you. Very flattering. I feel like this might be considered a moment of intimacy. Aw, for all of you us? You are opening up about something, so what are your intimacy moves as I am frantically scrolling to the bottom of the document? Mine? When you share a moment of, phys- of intimacy, physical or emotional, with another person, so I guess in this case both of them, decide if you care about them. If you do form a symp- sympathetic connection... You can target each other with magics at any range and intuitively know if the other is in danger. If you don't, mark corruption. So I feel like she does care about these people and like, otherwise she wouldn't be helping Millie ward her house or like working in her costume department or going to check on Windward every now and again with like, hey, do you have this cool magic book as a guise to say hi? And you know, so I think it would be (laughs) on her part that she cares for these guys, gals, non-binary pals. (laughs) Folks. So, as you're sharing this, it's... I kind of imagine, like, that sympathetic connection. You feel, like, a bit of your natural magic kind of, like, just gently reaching out and, like, looping around them. I think they both feel it, too. And y'all have been around the block. You you know what this is. You're familiar that this is something that happens sometimes when you're nice to a wizard. Aww. I would say, just to flavor it, I think it feels like Hess's magic is kind of like that feeling of warming up by a fire after being out in the snow too long. Like, the first good cup of hot chocolate of winter. It's like this very warm, kind of friendly vibe. I love that. 
I don't know if imps have hot cocoa in hell, but there you go, Windward. <laughs> Less chocolate, lots of hot, though. Hmm. Hmm. It's just a very pleasant sensation. Yeah. And then how does intimacy work? Is that a two-way street? Do we also have our intimacy moves triggered? I think it's just a one-way from what I remember. Okay. I do see that in the ways that you can mark a circle is to trigger intimacy with a PC or NPC. Oh, shit. I get advanced. Sick. I was going to say, I'm in power, so if you guys need to mark off power. I think I also get advanced. When you trigger an intimacy move, the MC might ask, is this a moment of intimacy if no one brings it up? Intimacy requires both or all parties to agree it occurred. It means that they've shared a poignant and personal moment with one another. So, either they all trigger or none of them do. Oh, okay. I know MC generally has primary agency, but in a situation like this, it is everybody, yeah, like, by mutual consent. And this can be something where it's just, like, only between a few people in the vehicle or, like, we can have kind of those intimate... Because I... Because this is information that I was privy to already, I'm not fully sure that this would be a moment of intimacy between Windward and Hess, but this is something that we're trusting Millie with. So I could see it going either way. What do you think is more interesting from a story perspective? Because, like, I would give both you guys a debt and basically be on a job for all of you and taking advantages from that until we are able to get something done and then Millie, whatever your thing is. But this like fundamentally changes the nature of the relationship that we would have to one another. Or I guess specifically since probably makes sense. This doesn't feel like it would fire between maybe not as much at least with this part of the conversation between Winward and Hess, but what about for Millie? I feel like there's definitely a a recognition of the trust that's being put to her by these two people and a level of like, okay, we're definitely in this now, you know, I've carried unconscious people into Winward's car, we're going to be stashing them at their place, there's a dead person in my theater, I now know secrets about Hess, pretty much we are now as entangled as it is possible to be. So I feel like that does feel like a sort of recognition of intimacy, at least on my end. So my intimacy move is when you share a moment of intimacy, physical or emotional, with another person, tell them a secret about yourself or owe them a debt. Either way, they enter your web and owe you a debt. I think being conscious of the fact that any of Millie's secrets don't really have any standing or comparison it just feels rude you know like nothing that i have to contribute to this is on topic and i don't want to take away from what you've just shared so i think i'm just gonna let you have a debt yeah i was gonna say hess wouldn't see it that way but that also totally makes sense with where millie's at honestly all of millie's secrets are about like bad past relationships so just doesn't really apply here I mean, the secret is a two-parter. You got the first part. Okay. Well, yeah. regardless, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a debt and then get another one from you. I think, and that's. You are now part of the vampire's web. Yay! <laughs> oh no, a very pretty vampire has ensnared me. Help! Yeah. 
It's a very pretty vampire that goes both ways, so. Bisexual finger guns. <laughs> lesbian attempt? Yeah. At finger guns? <laughs> no, it's just lesbian finger gun. Just one. Just <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Lots Hess's. Part of Hess's big secret. And so now you have a bit of a connection with Millie. And also may or may not have a crush that is up to you. That was already established day one. True. That said, I feel like now understanding better how that intimacy works, I almost feel like we should have started out Windward and Millie having that sort of connection just because we have an established background enough to owe each other two debts each and just be in each other's webs already. That's professional stuff. Gotcha. Okay. I would be fine taking it there and for them to have, like, Windward is a fairly personable individual, even when it comes to business, but, like, there is kind of that that separation of professionalism. Because, like, I'm, I'm the sort of person who will never see the people that I work with outside of work. They mean a lot to me. They're very important to me, but like there are things that they're ne- that those people are not necessarily going to have access to. That makes sense. This is a work relationship. Now, I think especially as we're moving forward and we're getting closer in on this, that's something that can be broached. Like that's conversations to be had. But um, okay, makes sense to me. Yeah. You're facing a very scary, potentially world-ending situation where there's right. a lot of shit going on the past couple of hours. Trauma brings people closer. It's a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So Windward feels that sense that is coming off of Hess, just because it's within the car as we're driving, it is like it's a magical sigh of relief, almost. And almost, just like very nearly sets it aside as it's settling onto them just to get back to the beginning of the the scene like to the beginning of this whole discussion where Hess is ready to have that sort of intimacy with the people here and Winward's internal sort of initial sense is to reject it just out of a sense of professionalism and just not like hardcore reject it but to set it aside because that's not the relationship that they have had. No, I mean, that's... That is not the relationship that they had. However, Winward gives a very big sigh in the feeling, as the feeling is settling in, and through that sympathetic link, I think you get that sigh, and there's a, a, a slightly heavy sadness and a little bit of fear behind it, and Windward sort of reaches up and pulls their glasses off sets them on the under the center console and I think even just like pulls down a side street and stops and physically turns towards the other two of you in the vehicle and says we're coming to a place that should not be entered lightly however I do think that it is inevitable that we enter it Hess we've been speaking in theories and euphemisms for so long that it's become something of a fun game It is also, as I said, a subject on which precise language and clear thought and conscious engagement will save lives. So, I think it's time that we drop the euphemisms. 
you travel to other realms. This is correct. Other planes, other other realities. You kind of see her get a little nervous when Wynne starts this talk, and she, like, fiddles. She pulls out a necklace, and on it, there's two bands. One that looks like a very nice princess-cut ring, and the other's just a simple silver band with Celtic knot work inscribed in it with stars in between each knot. And she's kind of playing with them for a second. I... I don't know where to start. For the longest time, I was content with what I had. The powers I had, the life I had. I... It was fine. I didn't need to go anywhere else. I didn't need to travel anywhere. I had what I needed. I ended up getting some very bad advice one night. And it cost me someone very dear and precious to me. They're not dead, but I don't know where they are. And I was desperate to find them again. And she's kind of rotating each ring back and forth as she's figuring out her words. So I searched. I looked. I studied science further. I dropped out of college. I obsessed. I tried to find some answer, and I stumbled upon a book in your shop, Winward. A book that probably should not, for the life of magic, exist. Because it's in there, stuff is not, you should not take anything in there lightly, but I was so desperate to see Kat again, to talk to her, to just tell her I loved her again that I decided I would break myself in the world if needed. And I performed the ritual, and I fell into another realm. One where there was the possibility of seeing her again, or at least a variant of her or something. She wasn't there, and I've done- I don't- gods. She, like, pulls out her notebook and checks out of the full hundred or so worlds I've been to, I haven't been able to find her. But I keep looking. Winward reaches over and puts a hand on Haz's shoulder. You've lost a great deal. And it seems that we are entering into troubled times. And I'm sorry for your loss. I promise if there is anything that I can find, and I will look, if there's anything that I can find that will be helpful in finding Cat, it will be yours. And again, I am so sorry that you have to carry this carry this burden. Thank you. Um <clears throat> Winward pulls her right. in for a hug. Oh, okay. Kind of over the I, it's it's over the back. center console, yeah, and it's just takes that moment. Darren and Hawk um, sort of slide sideways in the seat behind her. That <laughs> <laughs> Hawk has leaned against the door, Darren's leaned against him, so Winward catches himself doing it, and it's a little frustrating, but also it's, this is how it is. They had already been thinking about, like, hmm, I wonder if there's some sort of device that can track a soul. And just that, like, thought of, like, shit, why hadn't I been trying to find one of those sooner? But if we can find a soul tracker, or maybe I've got a lead on one... I don't know. It's something that we can figure out, but if we can find some way to track souls, then we can find a way to track souls. And that is moving on from the emotional moment and into 
the practical next step, trying to get away, and also, wait a minute, why didn't I think of this sooner? For reasons that might become clear later. Cough, cough, hint, hint. Backstory! Everybody's eyebrows going off. When you share a moment of of intimacy with another person, promise to get them something that they want without asking for anything in return. Give them one debt and take plus one ongoing to get what you've promised them. So, you have that now. Millie, I'm sorry that you're not looped in on that. (laughs) That's all right. Yeah, so I think we just kind of have that moment. Continue on to the junk drawer. You're able to get Hawk and Darren in through the back and get them set up on cots, and it looks like a little small little hospital room. They're still unconscious, still steady breathing, steady heartbeat. You've probably got magical items in your shop. I'll say that you can use it. It'll help like keep them stable so they don't start wasting away or anything like that. Winward's already like finding crystals to hang, ones that ward off rot and corruption. And yeah, here's what I actually like wanted to do reach into the box of buttons and pull out a pause button, like one of those pause play buttons. So which one of the two has the stasis spell wearing off first? Well, you notice it was wearing off on Hawk. Hess was not able to get a read on Darren. Yeah, no, Hess had her breakdown. (laughs) Hess had something else happen. Oh yeah, she hasn't shared that yet. Crap. (laughs) Yeah, there was something else in your head for a minute. So Winward takes the pause button and opens up Hawk's shirt and sticks it onto his uh, sternum and then presses it. I'll do evens again. Evens. Alright, I rolled a two that time. You do find a second pause button. Oh, hey! Sick! Second pause button. (laughs) And yeah, so I I go ahead and plop the second one onto... Darren. What would the second pause button even be from? We only have the one. We only have the one old DVD player remote. Well, I kind of feel like depending on if you have like a direct TV remote, like I'm showing here, it has the little pause button in there, so you like took it out of a remote or something. Actually, so one of them was from the remote on the old VCR DVD player combo that we've got in the shop, and the other one because Winbert had forgotten that they'd already taken the one off of the remote, they saw it actually on the player itself. And we're like, oh, sick, that would actually be a good one to add to the collection. So they wound up with two. And you can neither play nor pause DVDs or VHS tapes. That's wonderful. Which, Tess, you see this, and you're like, you can tell it works. You weren't entirely sure how or why that works. She just stares at it for a second, looks back at when, stares at it, and is like, if we didn't have to figure this out... I would really love to figure this out. And she points to the button. It's a pause button. It pauses things. Also plays them, but mostly it pauses things. Well, yes, but your magic is very different than mine, and I would love to study it one day. I will say that when you did that, the breathing motions just stopped. They're, like, frozen in a stasis. This sounds a little uncomfortable. (laughs) They still look healthy. They don't... They look fine. It's just... They're just full sleep and beauty. Got it. <laughs> well. It's probably fine. Just, like, put a bunch of blankets on them so no one can tell there's no breathing. 
I think while this is all going on and she's helping get everything, she kind of pull, has pulls out her phone and texts Kyle like, Hey, can we talk maybe later about stuff with Kat? Because she feels bad that her bestie doesn't know when her work friends do and it's, you gotta fix that. I think there's a response back that's, yeah, sure. Well, it, it's a little more enthusiastic like that, but just like, yeah, sure. Heart emoji, star, heart emoji. I love you emoji. <laughs> Get a pretty similar response. We'll just fade out. Maybe y'all stay up trying to figure out what's going on or decide you need to get some rest and you'll tackle it again in the morning. We fade out and you've answered a couple of questions, but there's still so many more left. Tempest Multi is a production of Pseudonym Social, changing reality one story at a time. It is an actual play podcast using Urban Shadows 2E Quick Start Guide, and it's set once again in the town of Oak Ridge, Tennessee. I am your keeper and producer. My name is Zad Kiel, or just Zad. In this game, I am going to be playing Windward Pudge, and they are using the Imp playbook. Hi there, I'm Maria Perry. I'm playing Millie Elza, your local vampy vampire. Sup, y'all? I'm Fennec Foxfire. I will be playing Hess, playing from the Book of the Wizard. To get more information on this or any of our other shows, check out our website at pseudonymsocial.com. Your time is valuable. Here at Dungeon Digressions, we encourage you to make every second count. Why spend minutes of your life listening to epic adventures, exploring new worlds, and getting lost in amazing story arcs and relatable character growth when you could be doing your daily routine every day, all day? Who especially wants to hear a bunch of gnomes chaotically traversing the world? They're filthy, whiny, don't understand magic, and are just seen as ugly kids. We're not kids. At least spend your precious moments listening to another fine podcast like this one you currently enjoy. Good choice. And ignore this tumultuous group of gnomes guaranteeing their deathy fate. Well done. Don't listen. No matter what. DungeonDigressions.com. Dungeon Digressions.